Thank you for tuning in to the sermon podcast from Redeeming Hope. We exist as a family of faith that follows Jesus and helps others find him by living all of life as missionaries of hope. If you want more information about our church or would like to support our ministry, go to our website at redeeminghope.org. Please enjoy the sermon podcast. Guys, I want to thank you again so much for tuning in with us. We're in a series called Encouragements from Abroad, and these are people that are joining us that are preaching, that are guest preaching to give our church encouragement. And these are people that have been praying for our church. These are people that have been praying for me, that have been my coaches, that have been my mentors. And the person I'm excited to introduce you to today is a mentor of mine named Brett Hicks. And um, Brett is from Bay Ridge Christian Church in Annapolis, Maryland. He's been a dear friend of mine for about a decade. And I'll tell you, in almost any sermon series that I do, I will call Brett up and say, hey, Brett, have you preached a sermon on this? And he'll be like, oh yeah, I preached a ridiculously awesome sermon. He doesn't say that, but I say that. He's preached like a ridiculously awesome sermon on pretty much every topic that we've ever preached on here at Redeeming Hope. And I'll go listen to it and I'll write down notes and I'll just kind of take some of the best bits. And that's how we form our sermon series is uh, literally this guy is unbelievable. He's a mentor, he's a friend, he's an intellectual, and he's been pastoring a church faithfully for over 30 years. He's got a long stretch of road behind him. He's got an incredible message for us today, and I, I'm so excited for you to be encouraged by my friend, Brett Hicks. Well, hello to the brothers and sisters there at Redeeming Hope down in Tennessee. Uh, I want to begin by saying I'm really grateful to Josh for giving the opportunity to allow me to be able to do this. Josh and I have been friends for quite a number of years. Uh, I knew him when he was up here in the Annapolis area. I've been a pastor in the Annapolis, Maryland area for uh, about 27 years now. And uh, so it's been a great privilege to get to know him during the time and hear what's going on down there in the Clarksville area. Uh, really uh, glad to hear what God is working and doing and pray that God's blessings will be on uh, all of you as a congregation and each of you individually and as families as well. So uh, today what I wanted to talk about was uh, a, a text of scripture that's really, really important in the life of our congregation. I pastor a church named Bay Ridge Christian Church in Annapolis and this uh, Psalm, Psalm 67, is really central for us as a church. And I'm going to do something a little different than most pastors. I know many pastors kind of do introductions and then read the text. I'm going to be reading this, this psalm, this brief psalm, and then I'll kind of jump in and, and situate it and talk about it for us. So Psalm 67 is what I'm going to be reading, and I'll be using the New International Version. So I encourage you now to hear the word of your God. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. Selah, that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples justly and guide the nations of the earth. Selah. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. Then the land will yield its harvest, and God, our God will bless us. God will bless us 
and all the ends of the earth will fear him. You know, sometimes individuals or companies, or it can be with the church, can become very well uh, known for and uh, a particular saying, almost like a motto. Uh, it becomes a tagline for the, the person and it's associated with them and it really kind of shapes and guides how they view themselves and how they try and conduct themselves. For example, when I was uh, a young boy back in the early 1960s, Walter Cronkite did the evening news for CBS and every evening Walter Cronkite would finish the news by saying and that's the way it was and give the date and it was meant to engender a confidence that he was giving the news as it was and to remind himself of his responsibility to do that. We see it with corporations today, for example, Nike, you know, with their logo, the swoosh, and they're saying, we all know it, you can hear it in your head right now, just do it. It's meant to engender a sense of, you know, get our products and then get out there and, and grab life, get athletic, be involved, be fit, do these kinds of things. Well, our congregation in Annapolis, Bay Ridge Christian Church, has a tagline that we repeat so often uh, that it's kind of become associated with us. When you first walk in our doors, there's a map of the world and it's got pictures of where we are supporting uh, global missions work around the world. And on it, it's got a phrase, blessed to be a blessing listing where all these missionaries are at. And in fact, at the end of every meeting, we do a benediction, you know, I'll speak a passage of scripture and a blessing over God's people, but we conclude that benediction by saying, go forth blessed and be a blessing. And that arises out of this Psalm, Psalm 67. It really helped crystallize this thought for me. And so I thought I would take the time today to, to talk about that with you, and hopefully it'll be some encouragement from abroad for you. And notice this Psalm begins by speaking about the blessing of God. In verse one, the, the Psalm begins with this blessing or this prayer, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. There, there in verse one, now this is a prayer or a benediction for God to bless us, to, for God to bless the people. But one can't read this if you're very familiar with your Bible and not think back to a more famous passage of scripture that sounds very, very similar, and that's what's known as the blessing of Aaron or the Aaronic benediction, where God told Aaron back in the book of Numbers, in Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 to 26, that the priests were to speak this blessing over the people. They were to say, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Uh, every Israelite knew this prayer because when you would go to the temple, when you would go to worship, this was how the priest spoke a blessing over you. It was their responsibility. It was God promised that when you do this, I will bless my people. And notice Psalm 67 has several of the same words, the word to bless, the word that God would be gracious, and the, and the phrase that God would turn his face towards us and make it shine upon us. So the psalm is starting off with the reminder of this blessing. And every faithful Israelite, when they would hear this psalm, would say, oh, this is the blessing that God spoke to us through Aaron. 
This is how we receive the blessing of God. And the psalm not only starts with that blessing, notice it ends with the blessing as well in verses 6 and 7. We read, the land will yield its harvest and God, our God, will bless us. God will bless us and all the ends of the earth will fear him. So notice again, we get that God blesses us and has spoken to us twice there at the end of the psalm. And this is what's known um, in, in studies of poetry in particular as an inclusio. It's a big term that scholars like to use. And all it really means is you start and you end with the same thing. And the reason you do that where you kind of have these bookends there is it's saying this is what's most important. This is the central thing I am trying to say. And in Psalm 67, the central thing is God's blessing on his people. God is going to bless us is what the psalm is saying. And I want to just encourage you that as the people of God, if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you have responded to the gospel, then you are blessed. When we are in Christ, we are blessed by God himself. I won't take the time to go through all the different blessings that are there. One place you could turn, for example, would be Psalm 112. Uh, and you know maybe this week you could have a quiet time and spend some time thinking about it. But Psalm 112 teaches us on what it looks like to be blessed by God. And it's actually an acrostic poem, which means it's an A, B, C, D, E. In our parlance, it's going through the letters of the alphabet. Every verse is starting with the next Hebrew letter, but it's doing it to describe blessings. And in Psalm 112, it describes a person who is blessed in their family. Uh, it, it says the children will be mighty in verse two. A person who is blessed financially, that wealth or riches in his house. A person who is blessed spiritually, his righteousness endures forever. A person who is blessed with protection and provision, even in darkness, light dawns on the righteous, we're told in verse 4. A person who's blessed with a legacy that even after he's gone, the blessing will continue. He will be remembered forever. And then finally, a person who's blessed emotionally. There has no fear of bad news. His heart is secure, we read in verses 7 and 8. So think about that. I mean, if, if you described, and I said, you know, in what areas of your life are you blessed? And you said, well, in my family, I'm blessed in my finances, I, I'm blessed spiritually, I'm blessed uh, with protection and provision, I, I'm, I, I'm going to be blessed for generations into the future, I'm blessed in my emotions. I mean, that's a person who's blessed. That is like every area of life. And I want to begin today by telling you, if you are in Christ, you are blessed. Whatever other circumstances are going on in the world, whatever circumstances are happening in your life, if you are in Christ Jesus, if you are a believer who has responded to the gospel, you are blessed. And friend, you are blessed beyond measure because you are in Christ who is the blessed one. And I especially want to say the most important blessing, which is what the psalm is beginning with here, is that God has turned his face towards you. You know, we're living in a time where many of us are having to wear masks around and we can't see each other's faces. 
And the face is an important sign. It's a way that we know each other. And in the scripture, there is a blessing that rather than turning his face away from us and it being hidden, God turns his face to us and it shines upon us. This is a statement that God sees you and God knows you. God is looking at you and he's doing all of this to bless you. That's what we have by being in Jesus Christ. And this is how Psalm 67 begins. But here becomes a very critical point for us, and this is what has shaped our congregation. There's a reason why we're blessed. We are blessed to be a blessing. Notice here that at the end of verse 1, there's this strange word that I read a couple of minutes ago. It says in verse 1, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. Selah is the word. And, and scholars debate back and forth a little bit, but most of them seem to agree that what that meant was there was going to be a pause there. And you would kind of think, and if you and I were an Israelite hearing this for perhaps the first time, we would be thinking, yes, God has blessed me. This is, this is the blessing that God spoke over us through Aaron. And you're taking time to pause and reflect. And then suddenly there's a shift in the psalm. Because notice verse 2, it says, you know, God, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. And we take this pause to think about that. And then suddenly we're told in verse 2 that your ways may be known on earth and your salvation among all nations. So see, the psalm does this shift because the blessing is not given to me to consume on myself but rather so that the blessing might be passed on to others so that God might be known. That's why there's this pause, this meditation. We are blessed, but we are blessed to be a blessing so that the blessing of God might go to others. And as a faithful Jew, I would have understood and said, oh, this was true all the way back in God's covenant with Abraham. God promised to bless Abraham, but he did it for a purpose. In Genesis chapter 12, verses 2 and 3, God is calling Abram, and he promises to bless him. He says, Abram, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now, here's a little tip for you when you're reading the Bible. You don't have to get a doctorate in theology to be able to sit there and count and see that the word bless occurs five times in these two verses. And in fact, the word bless only occurs six times in the entire book of Genesis. Uh, five times right here in these two verses. God is saying this is about blessing. Abram, I am going to bless you. I am in covenant with you, Abram, and my promise to you is that I will bless you. But he gives a reason for why he's going to do this, and he actually does it twice. First, he says in verse 2, you will be a blessing. And in verse 3, he says, 
all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. God is telling Abram, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you in more ways and in a greater measure than you can possibly think or conceive of, Abram, more than you can contain. But here's why. I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing. I'm going to bless you because I want that blessing passed on, not even just to your family, Abram. I want it to go to all nations on the earth. Friends, God always blesses us with the purpose that the blessing would be passed on to others. I hope this sinks deep into your heart. God always, always, if you take notes, write that down in capital letters, underline it, bold it, circle it. God always blesses us with the purpose that we would be a conduit of blessing to others. He blesses us that we might be a blessing to others. Now the psalm picks this idea up and it's extending it out and it's specifically speaking about the blessing of God's salvation. God being known by others and his salvation being known by others, which is ultimately what the covenant with Abraham was about as well. But notice there in verse 2. So God's blessing us that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. God blesses us so that he may be known. God will bless us so that his salvation may be seen and known and experienced. And it's a vision for those who are outside the church of God. This isn't, again, just so that I can have it, or maybe, well, you know, I'll pass it on to my wife. I certainly ought to do that. But notice the vision here in the psalm goes far beyond my family, uh, even my extended family. It goes far beyond even my local congregation or the church at large. It goes to the ends of the earth. It is a, a big vision for reaching out with the gospel. Notice in verse 2, it speaks of the earth and the nations, so that your uh, ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. In verse 3, it speaks of the peoples. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. In verse 4, it speaks of the nations. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. In verse 5, it's may all the peoples praise you, O God. Again, you can sit here and just read this, and it's right there on the surface. There is a focus on not just people close to me, but people outside God's people. See, this was Israel was the covenant people of God. But this is a prayer that other nations, people who are not in covenant with God, people who have not experienced the blessing of God, that that blessing might be extended to them. Friends, right here in the book of Psalms, this is nothing less than a vision for the gospel to go forth, in your terms, from Clarksville to the end of the earth. In that, in that Selah and that change there in verses 1 and 2, God is speaking and saying, I will bless you, but I want you to lift up your eyes because I want that blessing to be extended out in the whole Clarksville area. I want it to go from here throughout Tennessee, throughout the southeastern United States, from this nation. I want it to go to the ends of the earth, and I will bless you so that that blessing can be passed on. And notice that there's an actual cycle of blessing that goes here. And you can refer to it as a cycle of blessing, or if you think in electronic terms, it's a feedback loop 
of blessing. What I mean is, notice in verses 6 and 7, after he's spoken about us being blessed and it going to the nations, he says, then the land will yield its harvest, and God, our God, will bless us. God will bless us, and all the ends of the earth will fear him. So notice what the psalm has done here. God blesses us as his people, back there in verse 1. And the blessing is passed through us to others so that others begin to see and experience the gospel. And they come in and become part of the people of God. The blessings pass through us to others. That's verses 2 to 5. And then in verse 6, the blessing rebounds and it comes back on us. Then the earth yields its harvest. In, a, in an agricultural community, as it was in ancient Israel, this was the sign of God's blessing. Uh, God saying, I blessed you, you passed it on to others, and now the blessing increases upon you, and then it's passed on again to the nations. The land yields its harvest, God blesses us, God blesses us, and the ends of the earth fear him. So notice there's a whole cycle. God has designed this as a feedback loop. God has designed this as a repeating cycle that he blesses us, we pass the blessing on to others. They experience God's blessing. That brings back more blessing of God on us, which we then pass on to others, which causes more blessing of God to come to us, which we then pass on to others. It is an endless loop. And there's only one way that the cycle can be broken. There's only one thing that will stop this feedback loop. And that's if when God blesses me, I grab it and I hold it. If instead of passing it on, I hoard it to myself, then the cycle stops. God blesses us that we might be a blessing. He pours his blessing into us so that it might go through us and out to others. See, life and blessing are found as God's life and blessing pass through us not when we try and stop and hoard them. A picture I use sometimes in our church to describe this is of two uh, seas that you are familiar with, two, two huge lakes, uh, as it were, in Israel. And you've heard of both of them. We read about one of them, the Sea of Galilee, a lot in the New Testament. And then the second one, the Dead Sea. And what's interesting about these two is they're both in the same geographic area, and in fact, they're both fed by the same river, but they couldn't be more different. As you know, as you read the New Testament, Galilee is a place where fishermen go, and they do to this day because the Sea of Galilee is full of life. It is abundant. It is overflowing with life. On the other hand, the Dead Sea as you can tell without being able to read Hebrew or Greek, it's named the Dead Sea because it's dead. It's desolate. There's nothing there. It's a graveyard. Why is that? The same water flows into both. Well, see, there's a difference. The water flows into Galilee and then it flows out of Galilee. But the Dead Sea takes it in and never gives it out. It stops the cycle. And friends, that's a parable for you and for me. That's a parable of what life is like. We are called to be like the Sea of Galilee, not called 
to be like the Dead Sea. God will bless you. But if you hoard it, if you hold on to it, you'll become the Dead Sea. But if you're like the Sea of Galilee, as God blesses you and you let it pour out, there is abundance in your life and through your life to others. Blessing beyond what you can imagine. Now that's what the psalm teaches us. And what I want to do for the, the last couple minutes here is do what we refer to in our congregation as applying the word. That's what Psalm 67 teaches. What, is, what does this mean to me? How do I take this and make it my own this week? How, how does that work here at Redeeming Hope? Well, I want to give you two basic questions today that you can meditate on this week. The first question is, what blessings have I been given? Now, notice the question is not, have I been blessed? There, I guess I could put it that way, uh, but only if you're not a Christian, if you are outside of Christ. Because, friend, if you are a Christian, you have been blessed. Even unbelievers have been blessed, actually. God's common grace gives so many blessings to all of us, life and breath and everything else, this incredible world in which we live. So we've all actually been blessed, but especially if you were in Christ. The question is not, have I been blessed? It's what blessings have I been given? Because you and I are blessed. Let me speak just a few of them that are true for all of us who are in Christ. And if you are not in Christ, I urge you to turn to him. Get in touch with Josh. Reach out to him. He can talk to you about the gospel and who Jesus is and what he's done because all of these things are true for every person who is in Christ Jesus by faith. Friends, if we are in Christ, you are forgiven. You are loved. You are covered with mercy. If you are in Christ because of the gospel, God's first and last word to you is grace. God's beginning and ending of your story is mercy. Not because you deserve it, but because that's the kind of God we serve. You are blessed with grace and mercy and covenant steadfast love. If you are in Christ, you have a Father who delights to hear you. You can communicate with Him. You, Whatever you're going through, there is an opening, listening ear waiting for you to come talk with Him. I want to say specifically to you who are true, this isn't true for all Christians, but for you who are in Redeeming Hope, you have the blessing of a pastor who prays for you who checks in on you, who shepherds and loves you. And I let, let, let me take a second and step aside. Don't count that lightly, friends. We, we live in a world, particularly here in America, where you can go to churches and you can get all kinds of amazing shows and entertainment and all kinds of things. That's not what's important. What is important is that someone shepherds you and loves you and cares for you, and you have that at Redeeming Hope. Never take that lightly. You can get the other stuff all kinds of places and ways. You need to be part of a community where you are known and where you know others, and you have that at Redeeming Hope. That's true for all of you, and those are things that you could pass on. If you've been shown grace, 
You can show grace to others. You've been shown mercy. You can show mercy to others. If you have a father who will listen to you, listen to your prayers, you can listen to others and you can pray for them. If you have someone who checks in on you and loves you and cares for you, you can check in and love and care for others. And that's true for every one of you who are hearing this that are part of Redeeming Hope. But each of you also has individual blessings. And I want you to think about these this week. What individual blessings have you been given? A few things that you might ask are particular gifts and talents that you have that are different. For example, I do not have a talent with tools. If I were to try and be a blessing to you by using my hands to repair things at your house, the blessing would be when you got the tool out of my hand and got me to go away. That is not a gift or a talent I have. But some of you do have that as a gift and a talent. For others, it's finances and possessions. You've been blessed. Even in the midst of this pandemic that we've gone through in 2020 and now into 2021 where many people lost work, some of you have done very, very well. I've got friends that I know that their business was better than ever in 2020 just because of the things that have gone on. And what they've done is they've realized that's a blessing from God. We've received this. How are we going to use this to bless others? For some of you, it's good health. There are many people whose health struggles, but others have good health, and maybe we can use that to be able to serve them. Maybe it's that you've got a strong family, that your family is a blessing, that, you know, I, I've been blessed. I tell people up here all the time, I, I have the happiest marriage I know of, and that's because my wife makes marriage easy. I don't, her biography is probably going to be titled Marriage to a Difficult Man, but she makes marriage easy. And therefore, my family life has been easy. That gives me a surplus to be able to help other people and to pour into them and their marriages and help them. But I want you to think and ask yourself, what blessings have I been given? I, there were those general blessings of the gospel, but what specific blessings? If I had to pick a few people and I had to write my own acrostic poem of blessing, what would it look like? What would those things be? I, I, I encourage you to take time this week to think about them specifically and to thank God for them. But that leads to the second question, which is where I really want you to apply the word, which is, since you've been blessed, and I've been blessed, am I being a blessing to others? These things that we just talked about, how am I passing them on to others? Because see, this is why God gave you those blessings. When God gives grace to you, He wants that grace passed on to others. You remember Jesus told parables about this where you know, he, he talked about the servant that was forgiven millions of dollars and then the guy wouldn't forgive, like you know, a guy who owed him a couple of pennies. You remember that. And and the, the master said, what, what are you doing? I forgave you this debt. How can you not forgive this guy? There's an implication that when God's shown grace and mercy to us, he wants us to extend it to others. Um, every area where God is blessing you, he wants you to use that to be a blessing to others. In, in the language of Psalm 23, that famous psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, if you remember, you know, it goes through and talks about how God cares for us. And at the end, it says, you know, that God's pouring blessings into our cup. And, and David said, my cup runs over. Now, see, the way we tend to think in America is 
how can I get a bigger cup? My cup's running over. I got to get something under it to catch the rest of this so I can keep it. But see, that's the exact wrong mindset. God's saying, no, I'm pouring into your cup so that it pours over to bless others. Don't try and get a bigger cup. Don't try and figure out how you're going to capture it. Let it keep pouring through you and to others. When God blesses you, don't try to get a bigger cup. Let that blessing pour out to others. Let the blessing that God is pouring into your life flow into others. Friends, I want to encourage you. 2020 and 2021 have been kind of a strange time and year. And many people are frustrated and they're only thinking about things that they've lost. I want you to lift up your eyes a little bit. And I want you to realize Psalm 67 is true. This psalm didn't cease to be true when the coronavirus hit here. It hasn't ceased to be true with any of the other things that have gone on in our culture or around us. Friends, if you are in Christ, you are blessed. But I hope you see and you understand that you are blessed. Now go forth and be a blessing. That again is how we end every one of our meetings. And I pray as Josh speaks whatever words he's going to conclude with here today and he speaks a blessing over you, I want to encourage you to, when this meeting finishes, start going through this and saying, I am blessed and have your eyes open. Say, I am blessed. How can I be a blessing to others? I promise as you do so, you will never outgive God. You will never pour out more blessing than God will pour into you. Friends, you are blessed. Be a blessing. Brett, thank you so much for giving us this incredible word today. Thank you for listening. We gather every Sunday at the Clarksville area YMCA. For more information, please go to our website at redeeminghope.org.